We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along for the Monday edition. This is sort of the, um, the Thanksgiving week edition of The Ride Home. Everyone's what do gonna, you mean, kind of? Well, you know, everyone's kind of... I, I just think it is. No, I mean, some people are, like, off today. Some people are taking the whole week off. Some people are going to be, you know, just take off Thanksgiving Day. Some people have Thanksgiving and Friday off. So, you know, make it fit as you can. I think that we welcome all people who are celebrating Thanksgiving, <laughs> regardless of their vacation, oh, they're, oh, they're, regardless of their vacation, their vacation status. status. All right, okay. Uh-huh. But for us, I mean, we have a mix of topics today that are we have thanksgiving such a and such a great show today three outstanding guests today um in the five o'clock hour tish harrison warren is going to join us to talk about one of the pieces that she writes weekly for the new york times Mm -hmm. uh we love tish uh she lived in pittsburgh for a couple years but has returned to her native texas that's what texans do go back home well that's what pittsburghers do too yeah, you're right. I guess I right. should probably stop talking right, about right. it. I was going to make a comment. No, then you just, don't, no. Based on what you said, just made what I was going to say silly. We boomerang. Uh, Gina Delfonso is going to be on to talk about C.S. Lewis. Today's mm-hmm. the date of his death. Also the date of um, the JFK. assassination of JFK and the date of uh, Aldous Huxley's death as well. 1963. Yeah. So I was we'll, there. We'll talk about that. Um, and also David French, senior editor editor at The Dispatch, mm-hmm. will be with us in just a couple minutes to talk about the Rittenhouse verdict, what perhaps we misunderstood. Good. It's a very nice, calm topic to start the day off with, yeah, is it not? Yeah, I think so. Sure. Um, Steeler game last night, John. Uh, I want to know what you thought about it at the very end when you were you know, limping up to the television hoping for a victory. Nope. Nope. Uh, halftime, I was like, I've seen enough. I'm tired. I'm going to bed. Mm-hmm. You? Exactly. Did you watch the whole thing? Exactly the same thing, oh. which is unusual for me, I have to tell you. But we drove out to eastern Pennsylvania on Saturday morning. Yeah. So we drove five hours Saturday morning, and then we drove five hours back yesterday. It's enough. There was a lot going on, and I it would, the first half was so debilitatingly bad mm, it's horrible. to some, one's emotional condition, yeah. I thought, I think this has to be over. Yeah. Now, you know what I have to do tonight? Well, no. Please, yeah. well, you, really? That's punishment. Sure. I'm going to go back and I'm watch gonna the I'm going to go tape. back and watch, this, watch the second half. It's done. Yep. No, I'm watching it. Okay. God bless you. More power to you. Yeah. I'm also watching the Pitt, uh, Virginia Oh, that was an excellent game. That I game. missed on Saturday because I was traveling. I was yeah. on the road. Fabulous. Go Pitt. So tonight's going to be a big football night, and I'm wearing my, my shirt today. Nice. Did you see? Very good. For those of you watching on uh, YouTube, mm-hmm. the ride home is streaming live on YouTube, and I'm wearing my uh, my pit shirt. Outstanding, let fabulous. Me, let me stand yeah. again. See? Uh, yeah, let's yeah. kind of see it through the microphone there. Okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah, pit looks great. Do they not? They Kenny look Pickett. great. I would like Kenny Pickett. He's not going to win the Heisman. No. But Johnny Unitas Award. I really, I would love to see him get invited to the Heisman. You know, to the the final three thing. That's oh, that super, that's super cool. uncomfortable thing in New York that they do. That they already know who the winner is, but do, you're going to stand you there watch anyway. That? Oh yeah, I like it. That's uncomfortable. That's okay. Just an award ceremony. It's a lot shorter than the Oscars, I'll tell you that. It's true. So there's something to be said. 
Anyway, as we always do, we get underway. Kath gives us the look at the news stories of the day. So without further ado, Kath, please give us the top four at four. I'm happy to do it for you today, John. Thank you so much. I mean, it's not just a requirement. It's just... Some days you're less than happy? Today I'm doing it out of the goodness of my heart. Very nice. Number one. This is for Monday, November 22nd. Did I say that? 2021? I'd like to say it again. Christian Aid Ministries announced that two of its 17 missionaries have been released after being held hostage by a Haitian gang. No further information about the individuals was released. Quote, we have learned that two of the hostages in Haiti were released and we praise God for this. Only limited info can be provided, but we are able to report that the two hostages who were released are safe, in good spirits, and being cared for said a statement from the outstanding news Mm. fabulous so 15 missionaries still being held hostage um on october 16th they were kidnapped um their group includes five children 16 members are u.s citizens one is canadian and the group's haitian driver was also kidnapped um christian aid ministries said this quote we encourage you to continue to pray for the full resolution of the situation while we rejoice at this release our hearts are with the 15 people who are still being held continue you to lift up the remaining hostages before the Lord. That's from Fox right. News. Go. Number two. The country of Austria went into a major lockdown today to try to break the strong fourth wave of COVID spreading across Europe, while the German health minister Jens Spahn warned that by the end of the winter, quote, just about everyone in Germany will probably be either vaccinated, recovered, or dead. Immunity will be reached, he said at a Berlin news conference today. The question is whether it's via vaccination or infection, and we empathetically recommend the path via vaccination. So this is not just an Austrian problem, not just a German problem, but it's all over uh, Western and uh, a portion of Eastern Europe as well. Uh, More than 2 million new cases each week in Europe, the most since the pandemic began. This is according to uh, today's New York Times. Mm -hmm. Tens of thousands of people, though, John, are protesting the official crackdowns and vaccine requirements in Austria, the Netherlands, Belgium, Denmark, Italy, Switzerland, and Croatia with scattered violence and police use of tear gas and water cannons. Many saying they are simply fed up with almost two years of intermittent state control over their lives in the name of public health. Mm -hmm. You get that. Sure, of course. I mean, you get that. I'm sick of it, too. We're all sick of it. Anyway, Europe is once again the epicenter of the coronavirus pandemic, accounting for more than half of the world's reported COVID deaths this Mm. month. How about Mm. that? Uh, The four countries with the world's highest rates right now are Austria, Slovakia, Slovenia, and the Czech Republic. Number three. A lengthy investigation, John, into a variety of allegations against former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo has found, quote, overwhelming evidence that Cuomo did indeed engage in sexual harassment. The investigation, and this is according to CBS News, which was authorized by the New York State Assembly Judiciary Committee, also included this, that his staff devoted state resources, that's tax dollars, to the production of his 2020 memoir, and substantially revised state COVID-19 reports to combat criticisms of Cuomo's handling of nursing homes battling the pandemic. wonder how people who pay taxes in the state of New York feel about all of that. He's gone. That's how they feel about it. Number four. Single-use plastic bags. You might like them, but you're not going to be able to find them soon. Really? Yes, um, if a proposal to ban them earns city council's approval. 
The legislation introduced by Councilwoman Erica Strasburger today would ban plastic bags in most instances. Rather than using the standard plastic grocery bags, you'd need to bring your own bag, John. One of those little, you know, uh, yeah. fabric guys. I know them maybe. Well. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have one, re- retailers would instead have to offer a recyclable paper bag for a fee of 15 cents, and that's a minimum. The fee would be listed as a separate charge on your receipt. And you would be publicly shamed. Of course you would. Let's go. There would be exceptions, though, for produce bags, meat packaging, pharmacy bags, or bags used to wrap flowers or similar items. Garbage bags and pet waste bags are exempt. Mm-hmm. The ban would eliminate more than 108 million plastic bags annually, according to legislation. Now, how do you get that? I don't know how you know that figure. That seems like how a lot. How many are selling? That seems like a lot. What, what? That seems like a lot. That's a lot of bags. You know there's a lot of bags out there. You see the blue bags everywhere. A single-use plastic bag can take almost 500 years to decompose. We and, won't be here. And that is your top four at four. All right. Very nice. Now, did you know that outside of cigarette butts, John, which make up a full one-third of the litter picked up in Pittsburgh? What? Plastic bags make up 8%. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I think it would be higher because they're everywhere. Uh, does, is this bothersome to you? Uh, no, it's not bothersome to me. Do you me. carry your little bags with you? Well, um, I'll say this. In my wife's car, we have a, a multitudinous selection of bags. We do, yes. And, you know, I mean, it's not something I look forward to, but I really just, I do despise the, the blue bags. Okay, here's the question. Do you use the blue bags as a garbage bag in your bathroom or something like that? Yes. So what are you going to do now? I don't know. I'll make something else. So up. I was thinking. I'll use a paper bag. I was thinking that we're going to be saving on the grocery bag. Yeah, but but people are going to have to buy bathroom, you know, trash uh, bags. Was, so it's just a bag. Yeah, it's a bag, I, and it's a bag. I, I guess. Right. I, I don't know how it works. Okay. I mean, <laughs> the blue bags really—they're just—they're everywhere. The they are everywhere. And so it is a lot of pollution. But I think we're exchanging bag for bag. Maybe so. Okay. I, I don't know. What, it, uh, listen, I'm happy. I have my Tom Bin bags made by the company in Seattle, Washington. Wait, I'm happy special to have, bags. Yeah, I do. Jeez. And I feel good about them. All right. Fine. So it doesn't bother me, but I'm just saying, I, you, think, we're gonna, I think we're going bag for bag. I'm you, not sure how much we're going to get. Are you blue bag virtue signaling? Yeah, a little bit. A little. <laughs> I'm feeling proud about your mm-hmm. blue bags. All right. Okay, we'll take a quick break. When we do come back, David French is with us, senior editor at The Dispatch, Kyle Rittenhouse. To some, he's a patriot. To other, he's a white supremacist. David French says, we're missing the point. We misunderstand this. We'll talk about that next on The Ride Home, Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. 101.5 WORD. It's one thing to be thankful when the waters of life are tranquil. Health is good, job is stable, kids are behaving. But what about when circumstances turn sour? How can you give thanks when your world is falling apart? This Thanksgiving week, John MacArthur shows you how to be thankful in all things on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. Regeneration, or to be born again, is the first work of the Spirit of Christ in the hearts of those whom Christ saves. To be born again implies that we are born a second time. When Jesus taught Nicodemus this truth, Nicodemus was confused. Can a man enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus had to explain to him that a man must be born again spiritually. You see, according to our first birth by our parents, we are conceived and born lost in sin. In sin did my mother conceive me, David laments in Psalm 51. 
We inherit such sin from our parents, and they from their parents, and so on. Sin had such a horrible hold on us that there is none that understands, there is none that seeks after God. All this is true according to our first birth. I'm Pastor Bill Brainsma of the Pittsburgh Protestant Reformed Church in Forest Hills. Check out our website at prcpittsburgh.org, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things that concern the Lord Jesus Christ. With today's technology, anyone can take a video, but getting it ready for prime time, that's something many churches aren't equipped to handle. Here at Salem Video, we offer churches everything they need to go from rough cut to picture lock. With your raw footage, we can produce great-looking videos for your social media, podcast, website, and even live service element. From text animation, visual effects, transitions, logos, music, and more, here's where we put it all together. What can Salem Video do for you? Ask GM Brad Marshall at 412-503-4770. One of my favorite developments of the last five years has been the popularity growth of sweatpants. If there's a situation where I'm allowed to wear them, I'm in them. And there's no better day of the year to be in sweatpants than on Thanksgiving or Christmas Day. Dad will be in his button-up jeans or old-school dress pants. And what my sweatpants bring me is a serious advantage when it comes to eating copious amounts of food. It's Ryan. And at our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, we're proud to have a pretty special advantage ourselves. And one that could be a big deal for you. Our team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender. Which means our company uses its own money and makes its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. For you, this advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, saving monthly and lifelong money on a refinance or new home purchase, leaving more money for sweatpants. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. The law has spoken. Kyle Rittenhouse, is he a patriot? Is he a white supremacist? Is he a vigilante or is someone protecting his own life? David French is back with us. David's a regular guest on our show, senior editor at The Dispatch, an attorney concentrating his practice in constitutional law, a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. His newest book is called Divided We Fall, America's Succession Threat and How We Restore Our Nation. David here to talk to us about the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict. David, thanks for being with us here today. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Always good to see you, David. The Right Home Streaming Live on YouTube at the word Pittsburgh. So if you want to log on to YouTube, you can watch. We've got David French with us on Zoom. All right, David. So let's start here. Um, the he should never have been there viewpoint, um, though it's valid, right. obviously. Um, it has no bearing on the self-defense claim. Talk to us about that. Right. So as long as he's there legally which he was there, there, there's a difference between saying he never should have been there as a matter of prudence versus he's trespassing or he's engaged in criminal conduct by being there. He was there where he was, was he was he was there legally. Um, there was no, he was possessing the gun at that moment legally. Uh, and the court had throughout, ultimately throughout a, a charge related to him possessing the gun. So he was there legally, whether or not he's there foolishly uh, for imprudent reasons, he's there legally. Once he's there legally, he has a right, enjoys a right of self-defense. So if somebody attacks him, he's going to enjoy the exact same right of self-defense that he would enjoy if he was there completely, if it was the smartest thing in the world for him to be there. (laughs) In other words, the wisdom, yeah, the wisdom of your placement 
in this, you know, in, in this space is, does not, did not have a bearing on whether or not he had a right to self-defense. What would have a bearing on whether or not he had a right to self-defense was, was he provoking the specific encounter that led him to fire his weapon? That would be something that would be directly relevant. So, for example, if he pointed a gun at somebody which alarmed them and caused them to charge him in self-defense, that would be directly relevant. But a lot of uh, the sort of the background controversy about this has been what if he was there foolishly, if he shouldn't have been there. In other words, we don't want 17 year olds with rifles walking into unrest that a lot of people took from that, that he's then responsible for that, all that occurred that followed. And that's not the case. That's not, that's not the way a self-defense analysis works. So it's a very narrow, and that's why uh, the charges were dismissed, a very narrow definition of his placement in space and time. Yeah, it is. Self-defense inquiries are really pretty darn narrow, um, to tell you the truth. In fact, they, you know, they really are looking at a, at a very specific set of circumstances and ask whether you felt like you were reasonably believed that you were in fear of death or grave bodily injury. Right. Now, the overall circumstances do matter to the extent that did you provoke it? Did your unlawful conduct provoke it? So, for example, to, t- to take an extreme example, if I walk into a bank with a shotgun and I hold somebody up and then someone grabs the shotgun and tries to turn it on me, I don't have a right to shoot them in self-defense, even though they might theoretically take the shotgun away from me and, and shoot me with it because I provoked the encounter with unlawful conduct. But walking around armed, uh, open carrying in that circumstance was not the kind of unlawful behavior or not unlawful at all that would provoke a self-defense response, especially in that in that first shooting. And so when the videos showed Kyle Rittenhouse running away with somebody chasing him, those videos were extremely powerful evidence for the defense, unless there were some evidence that Rittenhouse had done something to unlawful to cause his first, you know, shooting victim to to chase him. And so this this inquiry is really pretty narrow. It, it doesn't, you know, you can be foolish and where you are, but even foolish people have rights of self-defense. Yes. And so as a father, right, you would think if my son was 17 years old, I would forbid him to walk into a, essentially a riot carrying a firearm. That was completely right. and totally foolish. It wasn't against the law, though. Right, right. I mean, how many listeners, if they see that there's unrest in their city, are going to say, you know, son, stop studying biology. Here's a <laughs> rifle. Go downtown. I right. mean, that's yeah. you don't do that. Right. There's a lot of reasons why you don't do that. And and so that that part of it, unfortunately, there's a lot of people on the right who kind of have celebrated the fact that this kid took a rifle and, and went downtown um, they shouldn't do. They shouldn't celebrate that. But that doesn't mean just because he took that rifle and went downtown that he didn't enjoy the right of self-defense while he was there. And so, this is something that I think a lot of people missed: is they they went straight from there. He's there recklessly and irresponsibly with a weapon, and he shot and killed two people and wounded a third person. Therefore, he must be held specifically responsible for those shootings. When the law says, whoa, 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 hold on, we're going to look at the circumstances of each shooting, and each shooting is, is evaluated on the, on the specific circumstances immediately preceding it. Right. So here we are in America, though, right? So uh, yeah. some people say, this man, this boy is a patriot. Other people say, this boy is a white supremacist. 
there's a lot of room in between the two to come up with some sort of thing that's reasonable, even though it doesn't make sense. Well, you know, there's room between villain and hero. Um, mm-hmm. And we don't have any evidence necessarily these white supremacists. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the, what I would say is he was deeply misguided. He did a very foolish thing. And what ended up happening and, and the, what occurred is evidence of his foolishness because he, he went into this situation armed. He didn't help suppress a riot. He didn't help, you know, he, the riot went on around him, but instead he found himself at the center of a storm. And he, ironically enough, he, he brings the weapon and his first shooting, he really shoots the person to protect his his weapon <laughs> because this fear that he expressed with this, this person was going to seize the weapon from him and shoot him with it. And so um, he walked straight into serious unrest, which is very difficult, even under the best of circumstances, for law enforcement to suppress. Civil unrest is uh, a lot of people who are sort of armchair quarterbacking riot responses forget <laughs> that maintaining social 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 peace and an atmosphere of civil unrest is a difficult law enforcement task. No doubt. It is not, it is not helped along by 17 year olds with rifles. And, and so he walks into that circumstance and it was deeply dangerous. And now two people are dead. Uh, One is seriously wounded, you know, going to have wounds, you know, suffer from the effects of his wounds for the rest of his life. Written at Kyle's life is irrevocably changed forever. And, Yes, the evidence, I think, is very strong that he all of that happened in self-defense under the meaning of under the meaning of the self-defense statutes, but was still deeply irresponsible with terrible consequences. Mm -hmm. So what do we do about that gap, David? I I mean, I think hopefully what this is teaching us is that the law isn't everything. Um, No, the, the law doesn't determine actually when we're morally culpable. Um, right. And so I think that's why, first of all, I think largely people are ignorant of how the lot works. But I think there's also this visceral feeling that, no, somebody needs to pay. He shouldn't have been there. And they're looking at the law to be the one that, that determines that, that says that out loud. Yeah, that you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, one of the things you have to understand about our criminal justice system is it, it is biased. It is biased in favor of the defense. So you have to bear a burden as a prosecutor beyond a reasonable doubt that before you're going to be able to deprive someone of their life or liberty. And so in many ways, even if you're just looking at the narr- the justice of a situation, the criminal justice system is designed from the ground up to be biased against the prosecution. It's going to be mm-hmm. hard be to put yeah. someone – it's going to be harder to put someone in prison. So right there you're going to have circumstances – where and we have as, as a society have made a judgment that the larger instri- interests of justice are are served by these burdens of proof, but right there you're going to have some people who can sometimes get away with things. At the same time, also, our laws are not a perfect mirror of morality. There are laws that do express a moral norm. I mean, the laws against murder—that's an expression of a very strong sure. moral norm. But our laws are not a perfect mirror of our morality. Mm-hmm. And so the law often per- not only um, permits, it often protects immoral conduct. Um, a, an example taking out, out of the, the, um, out of the yeah. criminal justice yeah, system, the law protects bad speech right alongside it, mm-hmm. the protection of right. good speech. Um, so, you know, one of the things that we say is that the law is an imperfect judge of what is good and bad speech. <laughs> um, 
agents of the state are imperfect judges of what's good and bad speech and worth thoughts worthy of being expressed versus being suppressed. And so we permit a marketplace of ideas and, and that's been to our great benefit. Yes. Um, and so we really do a disservice to the law when we say it has to mirror our morality. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it does and sometimes expresses strong moral norms and protects strong moral norms. And sometimes it does not for good reasons. All right. Let me just ask you then about uh, uh, the Second Amendment. I know you've been a supporter of the Second mm -hmm. Amendment. Um, I, I, I believe you still are. But talk about the difference between, you know, supporting a right to carry and this type right. of attitude that Kyle Rittenhouse had when he walked into that crowd. Yeah. So the Second Amendment supports the right to keep arms, which has been interpreted to have weapons, say, in your home for self-defense and to bear Bear meaning carry. Now, this is going to be something that the Supreme Court is going to be deciding this term, but it's highly likely that the Supreme Court is going to say that the right to bear arms means you have an ability to carry weapons outside the home for self-defense. But there's a lot of room for regulation and how that's done. In, in early American history, there's a lot of record of laws that were saying you can't carry a weapon, quote unquote, offensively or for the mm, fear yeah. or terror of the public. And so one of the, I think, a fair regulation is a regulation that says you can't carry a gun in public for an intimidating purpose, a purpose designed to frighten or menace your fellow citizens. And that's what, quite frankly, a lot of this open carry with AR-15s, assault weapons style uh, uh, firearms is designed to do. And I think that's a highly questionable whether, certainly as a matter of ethics and highly questionable as a matter of law, whether that should be permitted. And that's different from concealed carry, where I'm carrying a weapon, but because it's concealed, I'm not intimidating to anyone. I'm not scaring anyone. I'm not menacing anyone. Hmm. And that's a pure self-defense mechanism. Now, it's interesting. That's flipped from the colonial era. In the colonial era, if you had a concealed weapon, it was often presumed you were up to no good. That was intimidating. Huh. Yeah. And if you had an if you carried openly, it was you then, you know, you're you were less, it was uh, a less intimidating. You were showing your cards, carry. right, from the beginning. Exactly, exactly. So everybody knew. So, mm -hmm. so David, I, I, I've been thinking about this, and I'm sure you as a father as well. I mean, everybody, when you think about a 17-year-old or an 18-year-old when, you know, you were that age, when we were that age, you know, your hopes and your dreams and your aspirations, they lay before you. And so now there's Kyle Rittenhouse as an 18-year-old, you know, uh, has avoided uh, two murder charges, rightfully so. But what will his future look like? I mean, he will always be that guy no matter where he goes. I mean, uh, I can't imagine w what you build upon, how you have a life and try to avoid not being that guy. Well, you know, that's you raise a really good question. I mean, because there are going to be a lot of people who want to are going to want to make him a celebrity from that event. Um, I know that there was like a Tucker Carlson camera crew with him during the trial. He's going to be on Tucker Carlson. There's going to be a lot of people are going to want to elevate him as a celebrity and a hero because of those events um, that not uh, last last year in in Kenosha. I think that's very unwise. I think that's very unwise for a million different reasons. I think it's unwise for him to define himself by really what was an act of self defense in the middle of his own recklessness and, and foolishness. And the other thing is by consenting to be elevated as a hero, you're inspiring perhaps other people to imitate his example. Sure, sure, and I would say the last thing that we need right now is people grabbing a gun and heading to something that they think 
uh, signifies a failure of law enforcement or heading towards trouble in some sort of way. Because let's not forget, there's also a trial going on right now. Closing arguments just started in the Ahmed, the, the trial of the killers of Ahmad Arbery. And that was a situation where citizens grabbed guns, got in their truck, and went after a guy that for no good reason thought was up to no good. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, he's gunned down in the street in cold blood. And the last thing we need to be encouraging is vigilantism in this country, uh, especially with tensions as high as they are. And if Rittenhouse allows himself to be sort of carried on this wave of far-right celebrity, it's going to be glorifying vigilantism. It's going to be glorifying uh, people taking the law into their own hands, grabbing a rifle, and heading out into the streets. And I think that's a very, very deeply irresponsible and dangerous development. Yeah. I agree with you. Who wants that? Who needs that? All right, David, I need to lighten the mood for a minute. Um, college football is drawing to a close. I'm wearing my University of Pittsburgh shirt because um, we have a good quarterback for the first time, I think, in my, in whole, life, in my whole lifetime. Um, Pitt won the ACC Coastal, in case you're keeping track. David? Uh, I, I, I don't keep track of the ACC. It's hard to believe. That, that hurts me a little. Division two football is not oh, my. Oh, get out of here! That is. <laughs> see, that's rude how you say it. Okay, so how do you feel? What's it going to come down to in college football this year? You know, it's interesting. Normally, I'm I'm somebody who piles on the Big Ten. Yes. But Ohio State is looking very good. Mm-hmm. Ohio State's looking very good. Alabama has been kind of faltering. Yes. Which is such um, a pleasure to see, isn't it? Oh yeah, hate to see it. He says sarcastically. <laughs> um, Georgia has been a juggernaut. Mm-hmm. It, they have been a juggernaut, but it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be a Georgia-Alabama SEC title. And here's the thing: if Alabama wins, then what? I bet you have Georgia and Alabama yeah. in the in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so what I'm very interested in is what happens with Cincinnati. Yeah, uh, I know, I'm, but their 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 schedule it, it's they're kind of a victim of their own schedule. It's a wild there. card, yeah. I know, but at some point you got to let one of these non P five schools in. So I say, I let Cincinnati, let Cincinnati in. Let them let them play football with the biggest of the big boys on the block. See how it goes. And hey, if they do well, it could really kind of upend the way we think about college football rankings. If they get, wouldn't that be you know, good? Be very good. I'd yeah. love to see. It'd that. be fun. It'd be, I'd love It'd to be see fun. That. Yes, David. Yeah. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Thanks so much David. for being good with us. Good to see you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy Thanksgiving. David French from The Dispatch. We highly recommend it. We you should subscribe. read it every day. Yep, The Dispatch. You can find it easily online. Take a quick break and come back. Our relationship with leaves. Leaves. That's next. I hate raking. If you owe the IRS back taxes, then get ready to pay up. The IRS has giant private collection agencies actively tracking down folks who owe the IRS. So if you think dodging them was stressful in the past, it's going to get a whole lot tougher. Hey, Gary, so that clock, should we follow that clock? wait. Solve your tax problems now before it's too late. Optima Tax Relief works to stop the demand letters, stop the aggressive collection actions, and stop the IRS collectors from targeting you. Ask Optima about the Fresh Start Initiative, one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered. If you qualify, you could save thousands, and nobody knows this program better than they do. Optima is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, and they get results, having resolved over a billion dollars of tax debt for their clients. Get a fresh start. Call today for your free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. 
Embrace the chill at Laurelville Retreat Center, where groups of every size have come for over 75 years to refresh, reconnect, and renew amid 600 glorious acres of hiking trails, outdoor recreation, and spectacular views of the Laurel Highlands. Experience Laurelville's signature Christian hospitality, from dorm-style cabins and cottages to hotel-style lodging able to accommodate up to 400, just 30 minutes from Hidden Valley and Seven Springs. Retreat your way at laurelville.org. McQueen Building Company. It's about our people, but it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at McQueenBuildingCompany.com. Is something missing in your life? There might just be an empty space that only Jesus Christ can fill. Join us for what God is doing at First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, 326th Avenue, downtown. By the way, getting here for Sunday worship at 1045 isn't so hard. Parking is available at the Mellon Square Garage or the garages on Oliver Avenue behind the church. Come for worship, then stay and get to know downtown. God has blessed us to bless this great city. At Napa. When it comes to serving you, their motor never quits. From next day delivery to curbside pickup to getting involved with local communities. Get the parts you need when you need them. That's Napa know-how. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. We'll see plenty of clouds for tonight with a couple of flurries. It'll be breezy with a low of 25, mostly cloudy tomorrow, the high 37. Tomorrow night, mainly clear skies, low 23. Wednesday, partly sunny and breezy, quiet weather for holiday travelers. We'll see a high Wednesday of 49. For the Thanksgiving holiday Thursday, cloudy skies, couple of showers late in the afternoon with a high of 47. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Well, it's leaf pickup season in our neighborhood. Um, we have a vacuum. The guys drive around the streets and suck those things up. Do oh, you have that in your township? What, what, what I would do for that. You don't have that? No, we have to bag everything. Oh, you have to bag it. We probably, and I mean this conservatively, I bet in our yard we generate 60 bags. Whoa. Are you using plastic bags or are you using those biodegradable? Biodegradable yeah. ones. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's like all, it's just. The perpetual state of fall for yeah, us. Yeah, right. Okay. So all we do is we just rake them down the hill oh, and then put them out on the that's curb. That's so great. And then the guys come by often, use like little signs. This week they're going to come by, so be ready, you know. And then they always say, this is the last leaf pickup of the year. We know that's coming as well. So anyway, there's an article in today's Wall Street Journal about Mount Lebanon, of all places, and their 500,000 cubic feet of leaves, which is enough to fill more than 200 40-foot shipping containers of leaves. How, wait, say that again? <laughs> Mount Lebanon residents, it's estimated um, that Mount Lebanon has 500,000 cubic feet of leaves, which is enough to fill more than 200 40-foot shipping containers Holy of leaves. Cow. That's a lot of leaves. What's interesting is, you know, that uh, they've been doing this, like in Mount Lebanon, like in my neighborhood, this is just part of the sort of the history of the neighborhood. And... Um, 
people who move to these neighborhoods, like there's a, in this article, America's love-hate relationship with fall leaves, pretty, but who's going to pick them up? In 2003, in this Wall Street Journal article, there's a woman, her name is Kelly Frosch. She moved to Mount Lebanon from California. She had never heard of municipal leaf vacuums. And someone said, hey, it's time to rake your leaves. And she was like, what's this all about? Anyway, she became part of the um, town's governing commission. She raised concerns about spending the money and the time and all that. And they were like, oh, no, that's that's Mount Lebanon. We are not going to change that. Right. So... um, it's a really great article in the Wall Street Journal about our sort of, I don't know, if, I mean, is it just lo- Western Pennsylvania? No, I don't know. No, it's definitely not just Western Pennsylvania. I was out in Eastern Pennsylvania. Same thing. Yeah, we were driving through a neighborhood where my husband spent his earliest years. Yeah. Like, this was fourth grade and under. And it looks like the quintessential Americana. Right. It has old trees it's still fall out there. Mm-hmm. Here, it's much colder here and grayer there. It, out in the east, it's very vibrant still. Yep. And I thought to myself, this is so, this is what we think of when we think of fall America. Quintessential. Um, and then I thought, who rakes these? Right. Remember the old days? I, I, I remember my, when I was growing up, people used to burn their leaves. Now, yeah. I still think in some places in the country, people burn their leaves. Yeah, well, nobody's burning them no, in the city not. of Pittsburgh, I'll anyway, tell you that. I'm, I'm grateful for those guys in my neighborhood with a giant leaf-sucking thing. I you want still them to rake. come to my neighborhood. You still got a rake. Coming up next, we'll remember C.S. Lewis, who died on this day, 1963, surprised by friendship. What were his actual friendships like? We'll talk about it next. 101.5 WORD. At Thanksgiving, we tend to give God thanks for what he gives us. This year, Chuck Swindoll urges us to take our gratitude a step further. With Thanksgiving around the corner, may I urge you at your meal, look up and gratefully acknowledge that he is God. Celebrate Thanksgiving with Chuck Swindoll this week on Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. Turkey and stuffing, real mashed potatoes, sliced top round, Aunt Emma's broccoli casserole, chicken and gravy over buttermilk biscuits. Am I making you hungry yet? Hi, it's me, Marsha, from the Springhouse. Do you have a special event coming up in your life? A shower, a wedding, graduation party, company party, anniversary event, or any occasion where you'd love to serve all-natural, farm-fresh foods? Then it's time to give the Springhouse Catering Department a call at 724-228-3339. From your first conversation with Dawn, who will help you create a menu that's unique to you, to the beautiful, bounteous setup and display that my sister Jill and her crew create, you will be delighted. After every catering event, Jill tells our cooks, I wish I could take you with me so you could hear all the wonderful comments guests give us. Give us a call at 724-228-3339 or check out our extensive menu at springhousemarket.com for farm-fresh catering from the Springhouse. Whether you're vaccinated or not, it's important to know the symptoms of COVID and its variants. Fever is the leading sign of COVID and the flu, so make sure you use an accurate thermometer. Only the Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate with more than 100 clinical studies. Non-contact thermometers have no clinical evidence behind them and are not reliable. Be vigilant and seek medical advice at the first sign of fever. Learn more at exergen.com. What is a warrior? At Portersville Christian School, it's more than a team name. A warrior is taught to serve, to passionately model the love of Christ toward neighbor, community, and world. 
to learn as they cultivate academic excellence and a lifelong love of learning from kindergarten to senior year and to lead through Christian character and integrity. Are you a warrior? Discover Portersville Christian School just 15 minutes north of Cranberry where warriors are made at OurPCS.org trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune into Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. This date in 1963 was the passing, the death of C.S. Lewis. Uh, it's hard to imagine C.S. Lewis ever being upstage, but he was, of course, because this is also the anniversary of the death, the assassination of John F. Kennedy. And uh, that made, of course, international headlines. Here to talk to us about friendship of C.S. Lewis on this date is Gina Delfonso. Gina is an author. She's been with us multiple times over the years. Her latest book is called Dorothy and Jack, The Transforming Friendship of Dorothy L. Sayers and C.S. Lewis. Gina, welcome back to the show. How you been? Thanks so much. It's great to be back. Always good to have you here, Gina. Um, so C.S. Lewis, I'm a fan. I've been a fan since I was a kid, a little kid. Um, <laughs> when I read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, I think I was maybe in third grade or something like that. And so I've had this fascination with the man, um, but he's complex. He's, you know, for people who haven't read him, perhaps they haven't wrestled with a lot of his ideas aren't things that I can go along with. It doesn't mean I don't have great affection for him and don't think he was amazing. Um, so before we start talking about things in particular, what are your thoughts of the man? Well, I'm a fan as well. <laughs> I came to Lewis a bit later than you did. Uh, I believe I was in high school and started out, I think, with screw tape or Mere Christianity okay. or one of those and came to Narnia later. So I sort of did things yeah. backwards. Uh, but like so many readers of Lewis, I've read so many of his books and essays and just come to appreciate him as a person as well as a writer. And as you said, that doesn't mean I think he was right about everything, but it does mean I, I think he was, there, there was really something special about him. Mm-hmm. I, I think he was, uh, his faith had a quality to it where he, it gave him humility, it gave him the desire to obey God, to serve God faithfully, and that was something that stayed with him all his life. So many of us fall away in one direction or the other or go through periods of rebellion. And he, he seems to have got all of that out of his system in his younger days, because once he came to Christianity, uh, he was committed. And that just shines through, I think, in his life and in his work. Fabulous. So, Jeannie, you're here to talk to about C.S. Lewis and him being a friend. Uh, what kind of a friend was C.S. Lewis? Well, by all accounts, he was an an excellent friend. Uh, The book I wrote focused on just one of his friendships with Dorothy L. Sayers, although other friendships come into it, of course, at various points, but that's the main focus of the book. And they had such a wonderful friendship. Their correspondence was just a delight to read. They were so funny, and they learned so much from each other, and they supported each other so much. And apparently... those were qualities that he brought to his friendships in general. He was just a really good friend. 
Okay, so that's the way he was um, in actuality, which is mm-hmm. how I would wish he would be. Yes. Um, but, but you're talking about his writing, and a couple instances, it's not quite the same. Right. I, I recently wrote an article for uh, Fathom Magazine where I talked about Lewis and friendship, and I, I, I hit on an interesting sort of discrepancy for him. In his book, The Four Loves, he has some really great things to say about friendship, but he also kind of shies away from the topic of male-female friendship. He seems to feel a little uncomfortable with it. He talks about how rare it can be and how difficult it is to get right. But in reality, in life, we know that he was great friends with Sayers. He was great friends with other women. And it, it seems so strange to me that there was this discrepancy. So I wrote this article to sort of explore it and uh, to, to just to, to look at the notion that even if you have certain blind spots about friendship and how it works sometimes, you can still be a good friend. Sure. Isn't that funny? I mean, the idea of friendships between men and women, that's one of those things that goes back, I'm sure, you know, forever and ever. Mm-hmm. And it's still talked about today, of course, right? I mean, it's become mm-hmm. like a sticking point for culture in some way. Right. Uh, that's right. We there, there was a book that came out a couple years ago uh, by Amy Bird. I think it was called Why Can't We Be Friends that, that gets into this subject uh, quite a lot and, and talks about how the church these days really struggles with the idea of cross-gender friendships and how they're so often viewed as the source of temptation. Now, of course, anything's possible, and any any relationship can become the source of temptation, and I think we're wise not to forget that, but we tend to go to extremes with it, and I think that hurts us ultimately because male-female friendships, as Lewis and Sayers proved, can be so nurturing and so valuable and can help deepen our faith instead of leave us, lead us away from it. Yeah, Gina, and thinking about that, you know, John and I have worked together for a long time. And um, so, you know, we've talked about this issue a lot. And I think that in most cases, uh, when you think about men and women who are working together and men, if the man chooses not to be uh, to pursue a professional relationship or to pr- pr- uh, pursue a friendship with a woman, it oftentimes hurts the woman because it doesn't allow her into like the echelon of either uh, you know management or you know intellectual rigor or academia or well, you're whatever, whatever about the Billy it is. Graham rule yeah, in it's some like, way. kind of like the Billy Graham rule, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, it really does hurt men because men end up being in an echo chamber of just hearing opinions and points of view perspectives that are just given by other men. So it really, even though we talk about women being more damaged by it, I think it's really men and women who are equally damaged Without a by doubt. it. Yeah, because I think men are freaked out by it, especially in this, I mean, the, the area that we live in right now. I mean, the pornification of this world, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, that's really sort of damage of men and women's relationships, which is crazy. And so we're at a disadvantage. And I think a lot of guys, for whatever reason, are are leery or just don't have the skill set or the tools to be a friend with a woman. Right. Yes, that's right. And in the book, I talk a little bit about how uh, Sayers 
literally needed male friendships in her life or her career never would have gone anywhere. Uh, um, I mean, at at the, at the most basic level, she needed to network as we call it now. And I don't think her friendships with, with most men were merely transactional like that, but, but she did need them and she was helped by them. And Lewis too, uh, he, he grew up and he lived for most of his life in a very male dominated world uh, that because that was just the way things were and and uh, it wasn't really questioned that much and as you say he was in danger of being in the echo chamber now it did help that as time went on he he met more and more intellectual women academic women uh, fellow literary women as, as Sarah's was and he did have the sense to <laughs> to listen to them, to, to listen to their point of view, to learn from them. And uh, it, it helped him as a person. It helped his writing. It, it was just healthy. Yeah. Healthy. Gina D'Alfonso is with us. The book we're talking about, Dorothy and Jack, The Transforming Friendship of Dorothy L. Sayers and C.S. Lewis. Gina, our time's almost up. I just have to ask you a quick question. Um, if someone's listening to this program, they're thinking about C.S. Lewis, and they're like, I've never read anything by him. What What should I read? What would you say? What are your favorites? Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh gosh, the 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 reason I hesitate a little is because he wrote in so many genres. I would almost be tempted to ask, okay, what's your favorite genre, and then go from there. Oh, that's good. <laughs> um, I, but I'm I'm very. If I had to pick just one. I would say maybe start with the weight of glory because it's essays, short essays. So you can like take sort of take it in bite sized pieces. And it's, I I think that um, some of those essays are among the most moving things that he wrote and just really full of spiritual wisdom and insight. And so if I had to pick just one, I'm I tend to, uh, say that one. Let's go. We'll go with the weight of glory. That's Very Gina nice. D'Alfonso. Gina, sorry we got to leave so quickly, but that's radio. Gina, thanks so much for being with us. More information about Gina, find her on Twitter. She's a real fun follow. She Gina sure D'Alfonso. Christmas is coming. We need to buy for Aunt Sue, Uncle Jimmy, Uncle Sal, for Mom and Dad, Mom's dog Chewbacca, I some Legos, City's teachers, Pastor, Grandma wants a VCR machine, VCR, Legos. We need three hands, two turkeys, Christmas bulbs, wrapping paper. I want Legos and Legos. If you're worried that holiday spending is going to deck your halls, there is something to consider. Maybe never in the history of time have we had a moment where home values have skyrocketed this much while interest rates have dropped this much. And what that has brought into play is the cash-out refinance loan. We've had so many listeners this year take advantage of this moment by cashing out a chunk of that newfound equity or money in their homes, and at the same time, even lower their monthly payment or years on their loan. It's a very unique, current opportunity. We are the United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. It's a fact that MyPillow doesn't have their box stores or any shopping channels available for their product anymore. And because of that, they are passing their extra savings directly to you. You can get the lowest price in the history of MyPillow for their classic standard MyPillow, regularly $69.98, now only $19.98 with a promo code. They also have queen size, regularly $79.98, only $24.98 with a promo code. Or king size, regularly $89.98, now only $29.98 with a promo code. 
MyPillow is not just pillows. They also have over 150 products, everything from sleepwear to my new beds. Promo code also works on mystore.com and frankspeech.com. Go to MyPillow.com, call 1-800-391-0954. Use the promo code WORD to take advantage of Mike's special offer on his standard MyPillow. That's MyPillow.com, promo code WORD, or by calling right now, 800 800- Three nine one zero nine five four for the best deal on my pillow. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company with over fifty years' experience in the home remodeling industry. Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers twelve months no interest financing and no processing fee through dollar bank want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office choose from 100 percent vinyl commercial aluminum wood and composite and how would you like to never clean your gutters again for a limited time get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement offer valid through 123121 all with 12 months no interest no processing fee and backed by the best warranty in the industry schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windows WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That is WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. All right. So uh, today's Cranberry Relish Day. Mm-hmm. You offer obvious reasons as we're anticipating uh, right. Thanksgiving. And um, you mentioned last week that you like that kind of cranberry. You know, you're talking the the grated chopped. the ch- grated chopped thing. Mm. See, I'm not as wild about that. Really? I mean, it's not like I, I, love I it. don't like it. But I'd rather have the cranberry sauce, the cooked sauce. That's fine, you know, with, too. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I mean, but the, the, the grated, the texture of it all. It's nice. It is. It's it kind of like wakes a, you up a little bit. Uh-huh. It's uh-huh. Pun, pungent. pungent? Yes. Uh-huh. Would you celebrate this uh, cranberry relish day, John? I would, okay. if I had some. But you don't have any, so you it's won't? It's not like you, you can't go with, like somewhere and buy some, can you? No, but you can make it. Right, that's It's great in cranberries I mean, it's got to be pretty easy to make. Of course. I'm just saying. Spoken by the president who never makes a thing. Yep. So news comes that we should expect uh, to pay more for our Christmas trees this year. Uh, dare I say the words? COVID ruins everything. Supply chain issues. Okay. Okay. So apparently last year during COVID, the you know um, people who were longing for an outdoor experience went out and bought a live Christmas tree. People who had like artificial trees. So because, sure, because of that. Because they've been inside all the time. Give right. me something that's alive. That's they not wanted me. to walk the hills and cut their sure. own tree down. And you get that. We do that every year. We are. Now, you and I have this disagreement. We cut down a tree every year. I, you go to the attic. I just go right up to the attic. Mm-hmm. And I say hello to it again. Okay. I say greetings to you, my friend from last year. Now, so artificial trees, supply chain issues. Mm-hmm. The live trees, because so many were bought last year, there are less available. So the people who grow the trees, the Christmas tree farms, are charging more. Right. So as a result, whether it's an artificial tree or a live tree, you're going to pay more money for your tree. Except if, if you have already purchased an artificial tree, you won't pay anything. Right. Which is the beauty of it, really. You've had your tree since when? A long time. 20 years? It doesn't look good. Oh, I'll be see, honest with you. It is not. Doesn't it put a damper on the holidays? It's, sagging a bit there are large spaces mm, the cats good. have attacked it for years now it's it's hurting yeah. i admit it it's hurting so this is not the year to buy a new one or how about just go and buy it like a, a live tree i'm not gonna have a tree this year what you're not gonna have no no, no christmas tree at the evans household 
No. Nothing? No. No tree? No. Large or small? Neither. Nothing. Maybe a bow. You've got all this room. Now would be the year to go out and buy yourself like a big honking tree and Why go. Why would I do that? Boom. Because it smells great. It'll make you super happy. It looks There's beautiful. No. no. It's not going to happen. I'm surprised by that. Are you disappointed in me? I'm not disappointed. Just you're surprised. S- oh, you're pitying me now. I feel do fail a little bad for mm-hmm. you. Because seriously, I'm I look forward it. to going out and cutting down the tree. We've already set a date when we're okay. going to do this. Hopefully, there'll be some out there for us. Not you. Okay. My family and I. And we look forward to this. All right. The smell of a live I want, tree. I want you to be happy. Me too. Thank you. But it's just, it's not, I can't do it this year, John. All There's right. too much going on in my house. There's or There's nothing, nothing going, going on. on in There's house. no furniture in my house. Nothing. Why would I put a tree up? So we can all sit there on pillows in to front of it and say, happy. Robin, a nice tree. Because it's beautiful. Forget it. All right. So are you going to put lights up this year? No. Nothing. Holy smokes. The Grinch has come to the Emmons household for Someone Christmas. Someone has to carry the mantle, and this year it's me. All right. We'll take a quick break. When we do come back, we look forward to our 5 o'clock hour. Tish Harrison Morrison. No, Tish Harrison Warren. Five ways to exercise, John. You're thankful. WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Waukesha, Wisconsin police say at least five people killed, more than 40 hurt in the Christmas parade tragedy on Sunday. One person taken into custody and investigators are saying 39-year-old Daryl Brooks may have been involved in a domestic violence situation before the incident, which Waukesha Fire Chief Steve Howard described at a press conference. It, it was just, I, I guess for lack of better, uh, just carnage, uh, liking it to a war zone. Um, there were adults, children that were injured. Police will pursue five intentional homicide charges. The dead identified as four women ages 52 to 79 and an 81-year-old man. Target says having its stores closed on Thanksgiving will now be the new normal. That move could encourage others to follow suit. This is SRN News. Do you pay for your own health insurance? Are you self-employed, a gig worker? Are you a small business owner trying to help your employees find affordable benefits? If so, listen up. My name is Tom Jakobin, and you can save 25 to 50% or more on your monthly premiums and have benefits with first dollar protection on many common outpatient services. That's right, no deductible, no copayments. With many traditional health plans, you're functionally uninsured because of deductibles, copays, and other cost sharing devices that benefit the insurance company, but not you. With New Era Health Plans, you can access doctors, hospitals, and urgent care facilities with our freedom of choice nationwide PPO network, including Washington Hospital, St. Clair, Allegheny General, and UPMC. Call me, Tom Yakupin, 724-228-7187, or visit us online at NewEraHealthPlans.com. As the world changes in an era of crisis, families throughout America are experiencing instability, fear, and great loss. While many are searching for answers in places of desperation, the position and mission of the church has never been more clear. It's time for us to leave the buildings and saturate the streets with redemptive hope and the love of Jesus. Saturate USA is a movement 
primitive churches and believers across America, uniting as one to reach every home with the love of the gospel. At SaturateUSA.org, you and your church can join the movement by adopting a zip code and receiving free neighborhood maps and evangelistic materials, including Jesus Film DVDs with free online streaming. Simply mobilize your volunteers, assemble your saturation packs with free materials and your own church's information, and then send out teams to distribute to homes. Let's partner together and see every zip code in America adopted for Christ. Join the movement at SaturateUSA.org. McQueen Building Company. It's about our people, but it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at McQueenBuildingCompany.com. Hello, we're FM listeners, I'm Andrew Pawaski, General Sales Manager at Salem Media here in Pittsburgh. Looking to upgrade your career? Increase your annual earnings? At Salem Media, we sell advertising campaigns to local business owners using our radio stations and Salem Surround assets featuring over 50 social media and digital products. If you have more than two years of successful outside sales experience, proficient computer skills, and a drive to be the best, please go to Salem.cc and look for Pittsburgh under the Careers tab. Salem Media Pittsburgh is an equal opportunity the employer. We'll see plenty of clouds for tonight with a couple of flurries. It'll be breezy with a low of 25, mostly cloudy tomorrow, the high 37. Tomorrow night, mainly clear skies, low 23. Wednesday, partly sunny and breezy, quiet weather for holiday travelers. We'll see a high Wednesday of 49. For the Thanksgiving holiday Thursday, cloudy skies, couple of showers late in the afternoon with a high of 47. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. Thanks for coming along. It's cold out there right now. And there's a little snow in the surrounding area. Listen, I'm telling you, we drove through the uh, turnpike west yep. to get back home yesterday. And up in the mountains, snow. it was like 28 degrees. It was shockingly yep. cold. And it made me think, all right, here we are. Here, yeah, there's no all denying right. it. We're so I here. pulled out the big coat, John. I have Did the you mi- though? Yeah. Pulled it out. Mm-hmm. That not the Not the median. The big one. The big one. Mm-hmm. It's here. It has the fur on oh, it. Yeah, I yeah. got the whole thing. I'm taking my big one to the dry cleaners. I am. You and your dry cleaning. I'm going to the dry what cleaners. What is the deal? Put just wash no, you your can't. coat uh, in the no, machine. No, 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 no. Uh, this is a coat that I, I specifically thought, oh, I'll wash it. It's a down coat. Um, my coat's a down coat. It's Uncle Bill's. Oh. So, you know, came to me <laughs> from a relative. Sure, right, of course. So I got to take care of it. Yeah. You, it says don't wash it. It says take it to the dry cleaners. Does it really? Yeah. I just never met a person who's as committed to dry cleaning as you are. I, I got no problem with it. What's the problem with the dry cleaners? Like, John seems like he's the everyman, but when you get right down to the details. Get out. There's, no, there's no, a little no, no. bit of, like, a feet lifestyle There's going. nothing a feet no, about I think, it. I, think I don't. There there's no feetness about it. I mean, like, the sweater thing. Like, you know, I had some sweaters. They sat, like, you know, last year because of COVID. I, I didn't even wear them at all. Yeah. And I thought, well, I'll just take the dry cleaners. Then I pulled them out. I read the other uh, hand wash. 
Well, I hand wash them. It's me. I'm hand washing. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's so not dry, but it's a little easier to like... go to the dry cleaner just to go give them to some guy here. And he gives me a little tag, and I come back in a few days. Now, otherwise, there I am with the wool light, and I have to spin them, and then I got to put them out in a little drying rack. I mean, it seems a bit much. That's what, that's what the people do, John. It's a bit much, isn't it? They're ruling, <laughs> exactly. they're ruling elite do something different. I don't think so. The dry cleaner guy is Listen, like John, for guys. The day, you admitted, for guys. the day you admitted on the air that you dry clean your turtlenecks yeah. was the day it all went south <laughs> for you. Listen. Dry cleaners, I believe that they provide a very- They do. Very, very- Just not for turtlenecks. Okay. So listen, if you're a dry cleaner out there, I would invite you to go email Kath and set her straight. Okay? Wait, and if you want to advertise, you can advertise as well, <laughs> and I'll be happy to do it for you. <laughs> no, wait a minute. Just this say is, it. This is all, all of a sudden I'm the bad guy. Hi, here. this is John Hall for Runner's Cleaners. <laughs> you know, whenever I take my turtlenecks to Runner's- <laughs> That's what it's going to be next. You know that's what it's going to be. Oh, my okay. God. Let me switch gears here. All on right, you. I'm okay. ready. I saw this uh, in the paper today. Polls. Uh, how about the people who do polling for a living? As though, like, I the polling is the gospel. I would hate that. I mean, I'm glad people do it very much, but I would just hate that. Okay, here's a, here's a new poll for you. More Americans say that they are not planning to have a child. New poll says. That's sad news, isn't it? Yes. It is sad news. More U.S. adults who do not already have kids are saying that they are unlikely to ever have them, a new Pew Research survey finds. Experts are concerned that the U.S. birth rate, which has declined for the sixth straight year, may not fuel enough population growth on its own to keep the future economy afloat. Women between the ages of 18 to 49 and men, this is weird, this is weird. Women between the ages of 18 and 40 to 49 and men between the ages of 18 and 59 said they are not parents, who were not parents, were asked the question, quote, thinking about the future, how likely is it that you will have children someday? You're asking a 59-year-old guy if he's going to have kids and a 49-year-old woman. Right, not very. It what should is be that? the answer. <laughs> when asked for a reason, okay, oh yeah, but, 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 let me hear I'm reading from the Washington Post. Um, when asked for a reason, 56% of childless adults said it is not at all or too likely that they will ever have children. It's because they just don't want them. Mm-hmm. They don't want kids. Right. I go, well, here's. That's a conversation stopper, isn't it? This is what I think of when I hear somebody. And listen, there are a ton of people listening to this who would love to have kids Heck and yeah. have never been able to. hundred uh, percent. So I hope, I don't want anything I say to be, to add additional pain. No, 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 no. To what you've experienced because that's extremely real. Um, but when I hear people say, I don't want a child, what they don't realize is that it's their child. They're thinking in the abstract. Like I don't want a random kid. Like I don't want, I don't want to. You don't realize until you have a child that it's your child. The gift. Yeah, Elizabeth Bruning wrote a, a piece in the New York Times uh, on Mother's Day last year during COVID that really stayed with me, and that's one of the points she made is that in the abstract, kids are nothing but expensive. They are uh, a time suck. They are. They are. Uh, they prevent you from sleeping. They do. They prevent you from realizing your career ambitions, yep. and they take up a lot of room. They do all those things. Okay. Check, 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 check. Okay, but if you put it in the personal context and realize that it's your child, that's a whole different thing. It's no longer in the abstract. No. And those things that I just read off as true as they are, don't, aren't the subtraction 
that equals the addition of what your child would be for you. But I get it. I understand why people would say that. Listen, being a father, I believe, is the most difficult task I've ever undertaken, Mm -hmm. without a doubt. It is a hard chore to be a parent. So if you're childless and you think, well, uh, maybe I'm on the fence about this, I could understand why people would say, not for me. I'm just not going to do it. I would encourage them greatly to not do that. Only because you have no concept of how enriched your life will be with children. Mm-hmm. As right. as expensive and difficult and and all of that. I mean, there's no there's no comparison. <laughs> it's not even no, a remote true. comparison. I mean, as you're saying that, I'm thinking about my mom. She had seven. Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that poor woman. I mean, you know, you can imagine. Although I have two kids, you have two kids, Gary, you got two. I wish I had more kids. See, I do. I really so do. do. I. I like my kids are pretty much, you know, they're growing up. They're like, you know, there they are. They're launching, and I go, I wish I could do that again. Oh, my my dad. Here's my dad. My dad was dying. You know, him and my mom, they had seven kids. And he was kids. how old? My dad was dying at 64. And my mom's told me this story after the fact. She said, your father's dying of cancer. And he says to me one day, Grace, let's have another baby. My mom said, Don, what are you talking about? You're 64. I'm 60, whatever she was, two or whatever. We can't have kids. He said, Grace, that's the one thing we did really well. Which is why we did it seven times. <laughs> right. I mean, you get that. There's a lot of joy there. There's a lot of struggle as well. Yep. There is. It's not an easy task no. by any stretch of the imagination. It Boy. isn't. But would you ever go back? No. Never, never, never. I and wish I'd have done it sooner. And how many people do you know in your, how many people have you known in your life who have children? How many of them would say, I would go back and not have these kids? Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. That's the proof. That's all the proof you need. Yeah. As difficult as it is, the rewards are far, 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 far greater. You just have to throw it in there. And so, yeah, what you said early on, Kath, about, you know, there are many people who can't have kids and wish that they could. And that's a heartbreak. You feel that as well. And a lot of people realize, you know, this is this is the case with just a a good number of friends, really wonderful people um, who I know very well now, who now that they're 50, they wish they would have had kids. Probably so. You know, right. they did it for for good reasons. They were, you know, they had power careers and they made a lot of money and they had a lot of time that I didn't have and a lot of people didn't have. And But now you reach a point where you wish you could go back. I'm into that. Anyway, we'll take a quick break. Tish Harrison Warren will join us in a few minutes. We're going to talk about five ways to exercise your thankfulness muscles. That's next on The Ride Home. 101.5 WORD. Dr. Charles Stanley. In everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now remember that last phrase. It says, in Christ Jesus, that is on the basis of your relationship to Him, we're to give thanks. The teaching of Dr. Charles Stanley on In Touch, helping you grow in Christ every day. Tomorrow morning at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. This is an important message. Do you have an IRA, 401k, or retirement account worth more than $100,000? 
your portfolio may qualify for an IRS tax loophole that allows you to own physical, precious metals inside of your retirement account. Want our free report that shows you how? We are WealthProtectionResearch.com, and we help investors connect with the top precious metal companies in America to own physical gold and silver inside their retirement account using this little-known but very powerful IRS loophole. To claim your free IRS loophole report today, just text the word GOLD to 48542. WealthProtectionResearch.com wants to get this information in your hands now so that you can protect your hard-earned investments. Text G-O-L-D to 48542 to learn more. When you text the word GOLD to 48542, we'll send you a secure link to download our IRS loophole report to show you how to start protecting your wealth with precious metals. Don't wait. Text the word GOLD to 48542 now. Wealth Protection Research. Text GOLD to 48542. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it time for open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also when you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. For the typical family, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. Think what you could do with that. But if you join right now, MediShare is waiving their new member fee, so that's another $170 you'll save. And MediShare is really different. It's a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills. More than 400,000 people are members, and they've shared over $4 billion in medical bills. So, yes, they can handle your bills, too. This may be the time to make the switch. Join before November 30th for the additional savings. It's so easy to find out more. They're great to talk to. In fact, you can get a price within two minutes. Here's the number. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. Embrace the chill at Laurelville Retreat Center, where groups of every size have come for over 75 years to refresh, reconnect, and renew amid 600 glorious acres of hiking trails, outdoor recreation, and spectacular views of the Laurel Highlands. Experience Laurelville's signature Christian hospitality, from dorm-style cabins and cottages to hotel-style lodging able to accommodate up to 400, just 30 minutes from Hidden Valley and Seven Springs. Retreat your way at laurelville.org. Thanksgiving week. And I think for a lot of people, you know, who are not regularly people who think about gratitude, about thanks, it's always a great sort of pit stop to pause and reflect. Now, of course, if you're a believer, uh, I'm sure that there are many times throughout the day or through the the week that you do give thanks, but it's a weird thing to do it. How do I give thanks intentionally? Well, Tish Harrison Warren is with us. Tish is a priest in the Anglican Church in North America, the author of Liturgy of the Ordinary, Sacred Practices in Everyday Life, which was named Christianity Today's 2018 Book of the Year. Her latest is called Prayer for the Night for Those Who Work or Watch or Weep. And Tish, welcome back to the show. How are you? Good. It's good to talk to you guys again. Yeah, Yeah. Tish, we miss you here in Pittsburgh. Hope you're well. I know. I miss you guys, too. You're in my old stomping ground. Hi, I do miss Pittsburgh. Hello, Pittsburgh. I miss you in general, but Very especially uh, I miss you. Well, Tish, it's, it's a typical Pittsburgh day. It's cold and cloudy. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine it's a far cry from where you are in Texas. It's like 70 degrees and Stop sunny, it. right? You know? <laughs> Stop <laughs> so it right now, Tish. I just yeah. can't. It feels kind of fallish, like there's a light breeze, and um, but it's, but it's but it's funny for sure. Tish, you've done a terrific job um, writing in the New York Times. Congratulations on that wonderful opening that's been extended to you. 
Yeah, it was surprising. Oh, it's surprising <laughs> in a lot of ways, isn't well, it? Yeah, and you're living into it. We love that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you wrote in the um, in your Thanksgiving article about exercising uh, thankfulness, something that that struck a nerve because you said that uh, in your house growing up, things were like pretty austere. Like you weren't, it wasn't like time to share your deepest feelings with right. each other on you were Thanksgiving. were more Weisenheimers. Yeah, things were not austere. That would not be the right. There was lots of joking okay. and sarcasm and um, but we were more in the register of kind of like, uh, if you've ever seen like National Lampoon's Vacation, sort of like oh, gosh, wacky, yeah. okay. wacky, and my father was like a, he was, he was really funny I and mean, he was kind of a comedian, but we just weren't, it wasn't like, we didn't like do sincere and earnest kind of sharing. <laughs> yeah. We didn't talk about our feelings. <laughs> okay, let, let me break in and say I uh, – so my family, it was uh, Eastern European for the most part, and so it was just loud. There was a lot of a lot of drinking, a lot of eating, that sort of thing. And one year I decided I wanted to ha- make a Thanksgiving box and have people write down what they were thankful for, Tish, because I thought I would introduce some of this meaning to it. Yeah. And as I was reading people's responses, and the idea was that we'd guess who said it, right? There was like beer. <laughs> <laughs> wine uh, i'm grateful like, for that exactly like uh. mixed drinks like that's what people were, i mean so it kind of crashed <laughs> crashed and burned but your parents decided to do something kind of similar did it work yeah it, it sounds like our families are very similar yeah, yeah. And it, but and then suddenly the piece starts with like suddenly out of nowhere my parents said we're going to share what we're thankful for and i just sort of shocked everyone because it's not the kind of thing we do but so we did and and there were years where it was very silly and there were years like after my father had his uh, heart surgery and almost died, it was everyone was crying. I mean, it was really moving. Um, yeah. What in the piece that you write? Five ways to exercise your thankfulness muscles. You say this that most of the best things in life can only be received and held with open hands. Yeah, Tish, I love that so mm, much. Yeah. I mean, that really is the essence of gratitude, of thankfulness. And so you tell the story about you and your daughter walking around the neighborhood, and, you know, she sees the beauty of life, the open hand of life, and the two of you sort of have a game looking at things and talking about things that you're you're grateful for. Yeah, I know. I wish I I could take credit for this because, you know, I have books on practices and that sort of thing, but this is all my daughter and she's 11 now when she was like five or six she invented this game called the beautiful game where we just walked around and looked for beautiful things in our neighborhood and it was so funny i mean just think i remember one time her pointing out the rust on a mailbox and me thinking i never thought of that as beautiful but that is so when you stop and look at the colors it's so beautiful um and since the piece came out i was surprised that the the so many people have commented about the beautiful game specifically. And I, and so I, um, it showed me how much beauty there is all around me that I constantly overlook and, um, and that you have to sort of be intentional about seeing. And in the same way I said, go on a grateful walk to notice every single thing in the walk that you can be grateful for from, you know, the local school to your a coffee shop you like to, even the fact that you're walking to something beautiful that you see or a neighbor that's kind. And, um, yeah, it, it, I didn't get to put it in the piece, but, um, it's, 
crazy when you start looking into the literature on gratitude. It's almost this kind of magic virtue that <laughs> uh, everyone agrees that it's good, but then it, it also has all these. They've done studies where it lowers a, a consistent practice of gratitude, ups your serotonin levels. It, it um, can work in as a, as a uh, kind of antidote or like a low dose antidepressant. Um, it lowers your pressure. I mean, there's all this kind of uh, like psychological research that consistent gratitude has this sort of like mass response. And then you see it, everyone, from, from John Chrysostom in the second century to Brene Brown, both talk about how important gratitude is for a life well lived. It's this kind of crazy um, bright, like silver thread that you see through through um, the literature. It's It's really interesting. That's so cool. Tish Harrison Warren is with us. She's a priest in the Anglican Church in North America. She's the author of her latest book, which is really, it's just so good, uh, Prayer in the Night for Those Who Work or Watch or Weep. Uh, we're talking about, though, her article in the New York Times called Five Ways to Exercise Your Thankfulness Muscles. Um, one of the things that we talked about on last week's show, it's come up a couple times because I think about it a lot, Tish, is that... Um, one of the things that's frustrating, and I I know that you uh, lost your dad um, over the last couple of years. I lost both of my parents. And one of the things that I consistently remember when they were alive is I remember thinking, I have to appreciate this. You know, I have to really... I have to really, you know, be grateful for it. I have to really remember it. But the problem is that you can't capture it like you want to. Right. Do you know what I mean? You can't make it stay it's like you can't there's you don't have the capacity to appreciate it as much as you should and it's so fleeting and then it's gone and then you think i should have appreciated it more but then you 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 didn't you weren't able to at the time um and so i think about that when it comes to thanksgiving and i think maybe just the attitude of gratefulness that openness that you're talking about is the way that we make sense of that is that we don't understand we can't really hold on to it and yet if we kind of open our hands maybe that i don't know maybe that allows us to get at something that we wouldn't be able to get at otherwise yeah i think so and and you think I think we hold both gratitude and loss, I, and we especially feel that around the holidays. I think we hold both at all times. But I also think, I mean, I couldn't get too much into it because these are short newsletters in the New York Times, but I have a whole chapter on joy and and a lot of um, what I say about joy in my latest book, Prayer in the Night, which everyone should order, um, is related to gratitude. and. One of the things I found writing this chapter, and in you, this gets into the newsletter, but um, but in a much briefer way, is as I was looking at joy. Just uh, we have a really hard time thinking about joy, and I asked like famous pastors and theologians and um, New Testament scholars, and I just felt like you guys are terrible at talking about joy. <laughs> um, but one of the things that I found was. That we have a hard time because we want to say, we want to say joy is something greater than just good stuff in life, right? We want to say it's um, bigger, and but but then we end up spending all our time saying, well, joy is you know not the turkey and not the ice cream and not the friends and family. So ultimately, Jesus and when everything has fallen away, 
Uh, we still have that, which is true, but it just makes joy sound like this horrible thing that you never want to happen to you, that everything <laughs> in your life is taken away and yeah. you have this thing. And so what I came to is that uh, is this concept, it's a theological idea called sacramental ontology, which is a big word that basically means when, when we touch on good and beautiful things, that they are themselves good and beautiful, but that they also witness to something not only witness, but are really kind of a piece of something much larger and longer and eternal. Um, and so it's like a sacrament. It's a, it's a, it isn't a sacrament, but it's like that. And then it's a visible sign of a, of a invisible reality. Mm-hmm. And so I think in the same way, when we touch on these good things that we are grateful for relationships with people in our lives are the biggest, but also, you know, the mashed potatoes I'm going to be having on Thursday and, you know, the 70-degree weather that we have or the beautiful leaves that you guys have up there. And um, there's something about that experience of goodness and love and beauty that we are grateful for in and of itself. But it's never enough. And so it also has to sort of point us to this ultimate reality of eternal things and of, you know, the giver of every good gift, the, the giver himself. Amen. And with that, you know, what what you wrote about keeping that open hand and what Kath is saying about the fleetingness of the moment, these things that you, these five ways to exercise, you know, about, you know, and I don't want to give them all away, but, you know, I want, I want our listeners to go and, and find the article itself. But, you know, you talk about concrete things, about keeping lists and writing notes and composing a psalm and making an art, a piece of art. All those things are something that, even though the hands are open and it is fleeting, those are something that you can wrap yourself around and it does instill that gratitude, that joy in your life, which maybe perhaps in some ways prolongs the joy and the gratitude in your life. Yeah, and helps you notice and helps you remember. I think that's a great part about poetry or writing a letter to someone or um, or even taking photos with friends and that it helps you remember um, those things and um, and it helps you celebrate them. Yeah, I, I do think that in um, everything I've read in, psych, in both in psychological literature but also just spiritual literature plays out that gratitude and joy is a practice that you can kind of get used to uh, feeling you can get used to to looking at what you don't have and dwelling on that or you can or you can sort of train yourself to look at what you do have and dwell on that and so um you do kind of train yourself to um practice to be more grateful or not be in, in other words i think that we tend to think about this as a feeling like you either feel grateful or not it's just you're sort of born with it but i um i talked about it in the piece like exercising a muscle uh, I do think that there's ways we can practice it that teach us to notice goodness. And that doesn't mean we're happy all the time at all. No. I, in fact, we talk in the piece about finding gratitude in the middle of, of pain. But it means that even in the depths of pain, there's still little hints of beauty and there's still little hints of kindness in the midst of that. Yeah. And um, so I do think we can sort of train ourselves to see that. And just as we can train ourselves to be bitter and to be ungrateful as well. <laughs> yeah, I'll that, right. yeah. 
Tish Harrison Warren is with us. Um, Tish, I want to ask you, COVID time kind of messed up my head, and so I'm not sure when what happened when, but is this your first Thanksgiving back in Texas, or was were you there last Thanksgiving? Yeah, this is first. This okay. is the first one. And we're in what's it going to what's it going to be like? It's going to be weird because um, I'm, I'm hosting it for the first time. Are I have house never hosted it before. Um, but I am living in my mother's old house, and that's where we sort of always had Thanksgiving. Wow. So I am the least domestic person I know. It's ridiculous that I'm hosting, but. Um, but I'm in the house, so we're doing it. And my mom, who has Alzheimer's, is coming, um, but she is no longer able to live alone because she's uh, cognitively um, uh, not safe to live alone. So, um, so it's going to be my family gathered together. But I'm used in the in the past when my parents were both alive and hosted, we would have you know 30, 40 people huge. We're having a very small gathering of just my brother and sister and our families. But um, so it'll be kind of the next generation of, of Thanksgiving for us. But we will continue the circle of thanks. Great. I'm into that. I love that. I'm probably the only one that wants to, but we're losing that over my dead body. See, so that, but see that's the thing that the host can impose on all the unwilling peasants. <laughs> right? The circle of thanks. <laughs> we have to clean our toilets, so you get exactly. to do Exactly. So you're going to play my game. Yeah, and enjoy your cranberry sauce. Listen, for all for all of you people who are hearing this broadcast, think about buying Prayer in the Night for those who work or watch or weep as a Christmas gift. I'm telling you, it is so terrific. Tish, I've gained so much from it. I'm still not done with it. And so I can't imagine what there's still left to get. Thank but you. thank Thanks. you. Thank it's you for writing. Advent, yes. so. mm-hmm. It's very in keeping with the themes of Advent. Outstanding. So. And uh, we, we need to post this piece, Five Ways to Exercise Your Thankfulness I'll Muscles, on our fo- our Facebook page and our Twitter I'll feeds Twitter and whatnot. It it's just excellent. And uh, Tisha helped us set the stage in some ways for this Thanksgiving. So thank you. Yes. Thank you. I'm grateful for you guys. Thank I really you. am. Well, yeah. Pittsburgh ways by. <laughs> Thanks, Tish. <laughs> we right, thanks. Talk soon. Bye. Tish Harrison Warren. As we said, we'll post this piece. I will. Five ways to exercise your thankfulness muscles. Just a couple nights ago, John, I had that dream about college where I realized that it's uh, almost time for finals and I've never been to the class. Do you have that dream? No. You've I've... never had that dream. No, what? So it's, it's one of the most common dreams, what? yeah, in America are people who are like me somehow in some way traumatized by how difficult college is. And so you just end up revisiting it. In, and it's always the same for me. I, I'm, I'm gripped by this horrible sinking feeling that I've never been to this class and I'm about to have to perform on the final. And there's no way I'm going to be able to. Because it's a challenge, right? So, I guess because it's just, it's so hard. There's so much stress involved in it. Right. Well, I, I'm... I'm really, really happy that all that is well behind us, right? And we haven't been college students for decades, and that's a good thing. But if you've got a child thinking about what happens at Grove City College, perhaps for next year as a freshman, know that that challenge is still there. But Mm -hmm. in the middle of the challenge and all that hard work. And all the anxiety about it. Grove City has Christ first and foremost. The faculty, the staff, in the middle of it all, there is Jesus. So, of course, life is hard. A quality education is hard as well. But look at gcc.edu. Friday, December 3rd at 7 p.m., Memorial Park Church presents singer-songwriter Sandra McCracken. 
Sandra McCracken in a Christmas benefit concert to support the work of Nations in Sierra Leone. The concert is free. A goodwill offering will be taken. Get your free tickets now at edunations.org. Sandra McCracken, 7 p.m. December 3rd, RSVP at edunations.org. Hello, Word FM listeners. I'm Andrew Pawaski, General Sales Manager at Salem Media here in Pittsburgh. Looking to upgrade your career? Increase your annual earnings? At Salem Media, we sell advertising campaigns to local business owners using our radio stations and Salem Surround assets featuring over 50 social media and digital products. If you have more than two years of successful outside sales experience, proficient computer skills, and a drive to be the best, please go to salem.cc and look for Pittsburgh under the careers tab. Salem Media Pittsburgh is an equal opportunity employer. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, tune in, and on Odyssey, in your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Hello, Word FM listeners. I'm Andrew Pawaski, General Sales Manager at Salem Media here in Pittsburgh. Looking to upgrade your career? Increase your annual earnings? At Salem Media, we sell advertising campaigns to local business owners using our radio stations and Salem Surround assets featuring over 50 social media and digital products. If you have more than two years of successful outside sales experience, proficient computer skills, and a drive to be the best, please go to salem.cc and look for Pittsburgh under the careers tab. Salem Media Pittsburgh is an equal opportunity employer. We'll see plenty of clouds for tonight with a couple of flurries. It'll be breezy with a low of 25, mostly cloudy tomorrow, the high 37. Tomorrow night, mainly clear skies, low 23. Wednesday, partly sunny and breezy, quiet weather for holiday travelers. We'll see a high Wednesday of 49. For the Thanksgiving holiday Thursday, cloudy skies, couple of showers late in the afternoon with a high of 47. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Does this make sense? Well, does what make sense? The masked singer. No. Okay, we're done. I don't get that at all. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. I see that, and it kind of gives me the willies, and I run, I run, sort of run away from it. What, what is the deal with the masked singer? That was so short. Usually you ramble no, on for a long time. I just because it creeps I, me out. It creeps me out, too. Oh, of course it that. doesn't make sense. What are we doing? I don't know. How did this... I remember years ago on the show doing like an end of the year you know wrap up most popular videos on youtube internationally for the year yeah and it was a masked singer thing from south korea and i thought well isn't that interesting that that culture would choose to do that and now never thinking that this culture would choose to do that because to me growing up as an american that makes no sense no am i exaggerating no i'm telling you i just I go, I have no connection to that whatsoever. If I ever see a clip of that or anything for like one-eighth of a second, I go, moving. I'm moving forward. This is too weird. I don't know what that means. The Masked Singer has received the highest Nielsen ratings for a non-sports program in the adults 18 to 49 key demographic every single TV series it has season it has aired. Okay, I guess it's not going to go away then. It's a hit. So then what's that say about us? It doesn't change my mind. Maybe we don't make sense, John. I don't Maybe not. All right, does this make sense? Thank you, notes. Oh, no. Now, look, I grew up. Oh, my God. I never had to write a thank you note. And then my oldest sister, who's about 10 years older than me, all of a sudden she like, you guys should be writing thank you notes. Everyone should be writing. Th-. And then it was like imposed. We have to write thank you. 
But to be honest, I like it. I got good at it. Someone does a kindness for you, or and then you sit down. I've got a, you know some nice thank. You. I went out and bought you know buy some nice thank you notes, and you sit there and just write a few. And it's a simple exchange. I love it. I really do. So to me, as weird as it was initially, I think thank you notes are sort of like some of that inertia, the, the glue, the thing that holds proper society together. I think it's a good thing. I agree. Yeah, it makes sense. But do I do it? No. I am the worst. I'm appallingly bad, and you bringing it up in this segment has made me feel worse about myself. Oh, good. I didn't mean to shame you in no, this. No, you have. I know, no. You just have. But it's just... I love a thank you note. Of course you do. And I love the idea of writing a thank you note. But I don't write the thank you note. Okay. Because I just... It slips my mind. And well, then I... uh, you got to start to write a thank you note. I'm really upset you brought this up. Gratitude's a good thing, especially in the written format. The mass Singer makes no sense. <laughs> 101.5 WORD. God blesses everyone. What's the biggest blessing you can imagine this Christmas season? How about having your mortgage or rent paid for 2022? It's possible when you enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes. Enter once a day to increase your opportunities to win. See rules and conditions for details. To our Merry Christmas, God bless us. God bless us. Enter now at wordfm.com. Brought to you by Robin Jones, Swickley Realtor, and Trinity Jewelers. Thinking about life insurance? Did you know in just a few minutes you can find the best price from up to 10 price competitive companies for free? You can with SelectQuote. For example, George is 39. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $22 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino, and believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323 or go to selectquote.com since 1985 we shop you save get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials or price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors not available in all states welcome back to the quickest podcast ever brought to you by Kohl's today's topic Black Friday the best day of the year and Kohl's always has the best deals I'm for sure getting a coffee maker for my sister and a new blender for me a little self gifting huh yep I saw some super soft bedding too my mom will love it ooh sounds cozy there's even an extra 15% off and you can get Kohl's cash oh so you can go back for more you know it select styles offers end November 26th some exclusions apply see store or Kohl's.com for details with today's technology, anyone can take a video, but getting it ready for prime time, that's something many churches aren't equipped to handle. Here at Salem Video, we offer churches everything they need to go from rough cut to picture lock. With your raw footage, we can produce great looking videos for your social media, podcast, website, and even live service element. From text animation, visual effects, transitions, logos, music, and more, here's where we put it all together. What can Salem Video do for you? Ask GM Brad Marshall at 412-503-4770. I'm Dr. Andrea Russo, a cardiologist. Maybe you're waiting to talk to your doctor right now. But if you're having an irregular heartbeat, heart racing, chest pain, shortness of breath, fatigue, or lightheadedness, don't wait. 
This could be a serious condition like atrial fibrillation, which can make you about five times more likely to have a stroke. If you're having these symptoms, don't wait. Talk to a doctor by phone, online, or in person. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. talk about this a lot, but this is true. This is what I think made me the curious person that I am, which is to sit around the dinner table nightly, and there were nine of us, and I was next to the youngest, so I had to work really hard to be heard, to get my point in to the conversation. He's still working, isn't he? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I am still working. It's a skill set. But, you know, there's something about sitting around with your family and hearing stories, right? Um, and dinner time is a, you know, I think that's why everybody loves Thanksgiving because everybody gathers and for better or worse, you hear family stories. I like it. I love it. Mm-hmm. I saw a thing today called The Root of All Things okay. 20 Questions. And uh, this, weirdly enough, comes from goodhousekeeping.com to study how families pass on their history to succeeding generations. Emory University psychologist Robin Fish and Marshall Duke created a 20-question do-you-know scale. Want to fill in the gaps in your own family history? Check out the questions below. Keep in mind that it's not just knowing the information, but the process of sharing that's important. Mm. So, okay, so what kind of stuff are we talking about? Pretty basic stuff early on. Okay. Do you know how your parents met? You know that story. Interesting. Yes, I know about my parents. I know and that. And then, of course, we'd be asking our kids if they knew. How we met. How we met. Yeah. How'd your parents meet? At Heinz. At Heinz. Uh-huh. Yeah, my de- my uh, parents both worked for the same manager. Okay. My parents met because my dad was an usher at a movie theater and uh, kept a close eye with his little flashlight on my mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about that? Do it, Don. Do you know where your mother grew up? Yes. My mom grew up in Morningside. Mm-hmm. Where did your mom grow up? Swissvale. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you know where your father grew up? My dad grew up in New Ken. My dad grew up in, in um, Regent Square. Do you know where some of your grandparents grew up? Yes. Yep. My, you... Okay, so do you know that about your grandparents? Uh, yeah, I do. Okay. So my grandparents grew up in... Uh, my one grandfather grew up in Denver, but my grandmother grew up in Squirrel Hill. Oh, that's interesting. Uh-huh. And then my dad's parents grew up in New Ken. Do you know where some of your grandparents met? Hmm. I know that story. Okay. My, my mother's side, my uh, my grandmother, when she was a girl, uh, I think of like 13 or 14, her parents died. And so she was responsible for raising her six brothers and sisters. Now, this is like, you know, 18, whatever, you know, and can you imagine? And and then my grandfather was a guy who lived in the neighborhood who worked for the railroad. And they, you know, at the age of 14, dated. And then I think whenever they were 16, she was 16, they got married. Wow. Mm -hmm. Do you know what went on? When you were being born. 
I do remember a couple. Of, I'm not remember. I don't remember. Right. I I know my my parents told me a couple of things. I would ask my mom these kind she of questions. She wouldn't even remember giving birth to she, you, right? My, she would laugh. She's like, uh, I'm kind of sketchy on you, you know. I'm kind of, there were seven of you, kind of sketchy on that, you know. So uh, th- that story, I, you know, kind of passed us by. Um, do you know the source of your name? Yes. Oh, do you? Okay. Yes. I'll take you home again, Kathleen, the song. Oh, really? Okay, mm-hmm. good. And it's my mom's middle name. My grandfather's name is, on my father's side, John Floyd Hall. And that was almost your name. There was a discussion that I would be called Floyd. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Hey, Floyd. Um, do you know some things about what happened when your brothers or sisters were being born? No. Neither do I. Same thing. I mean, uh, yeah, nothing about that. Do you know which person in your family you look most like? My dad. Yeah, I'm you, like do, my dad. You, you, you look a lot like your dad, mm-hmm. and your son looks a lot like you. He sure does, yeah. Um, do you know which person in your family you act most like my dad. Mm-hmm. Do you know some of the illnesses and injuries that your parents experienced when they were younger? I think so. I think I know this. I don't know that. You don't know that? Mm-mm. Okay. Do you know some of the lessons that your parents learned from good or bad experiences? See, now, I don't know any of that. This I wish I had this list right. at dinner time to could, go, right. hey, mom. Tell me this. Yeah. Do you know some things that happened to your mom or dad when they were in school? My dad lived in the city, but somehow he transferred himself to my mother's school until they found out about him and kicked him out and pushed him back to the city school. I remember my dad talking about he went to a Polish Catholic uh, grade school. Yeah. Through eighth grade. And I remember him telling the story of um, when a young girl in his class died, mm. maybe fourth grade, fifth uh-huh. grade, and he had to be a pallbearer. Whoa. And how hard that was to, can you imagine like being a little kid and trying to get your head around that? No, no. It's a different time. They looked at death differently than we would. Uh, do you know the national background of your family? Yes. Yes. We talked about that a lot, right? Do you know some of the jobs that your parents had when they were young? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know some My of the My mom more... worked at the Babette shop. The Babette shop? Was that like which a fashion was, store? Which, that was the dress shop at Kaufman's downtown. Oh. Mm-hmm. And it, you had to wear gloves to get into it. You were not, you were, you know how like no shirt, no shoes, no service? Yes. This was no gloves. No gloves. That's no refined. No gloves, no service. Mm-hmm. White gloves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Do you know some awards that your parents received when they were young? I don't know. I think my mm. dad was just fortunate to be alive. Mm. Do you know the names of the schools that your mom went to? Yes. The schools that your dad went to you? Yes. Do you know about a relative's whose face froze in a grumpy position because he or she did not smile enough? Well, that's how everybody looks in old photographs. Nobody Pretty ever flat. smiled. Well, you know, in our family photographs, we, uh, my mom had, you know, like so many photo uh, albums. Do and, you still have, someone still have those? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. And what I loved looking at those photo albums was before <laughs> before they had kids, like my family, all this like extended family, they got together and they, they were had parties all the time. 
So there's parties like them, you know, Halloween parties, mm-hmm. Christmas parties, picnics outside. You know, everyone's holding a beer. And having a smoke and a cigarette. Exactly. Yep. You know, and you think, I wish I would have seen you know, those guys. And you know there. what they're eating? You remember those butter mints? That used, they used they used to sell them in a box in the grocery store. No, and they were like on the top shelf. So if you had like all like your Oreos or like regular things, or like M and M's that sort of thing in the aisle. Yeah, above that would be the boxes that were cellophane wrapped that were like fancier, a little more expensive. That's what my parents would buy for parties, and I used to think, oh, what would I have to do? To get, to get invited to one of those. <laughs> to get a butter mint. To get a butter mint. Do, now, I don't even know what... Do they what, still make them? I don't know. A butter mint. And I'm surprised it, that doesn't ring a bell to you. No, it doesn't. Is, would it be like those mints that they put on your pillow, like you go to a fancy hotel? I think that... Oh, look. Okay, they are still available. A butter mint. Yeah, butter mints are still available. But that was... it. Here they are right here. But they were... See that? Does oh, that look, yes, yes. You know what I'm talking about? Of They're like kind of creamy. Mm. They kind of dissolve in yeah, your mouth yeah, yeah, when very you nice. have them. Uh-huh. I mean, once I tasted them, I thought this was, yeah. I mean, they're everything I thought they would be. That's sophisticated. Mm-hmm. The to me, it was. Uh-huh. That's what happened at those parties. Anyway. Did your parents play cards? Oh, man, did they play cards. I mean, all those, uh, my mother had a bunch of sisters and, you know, extended family. They'd get together and play. And, and of course, as married couples, they'd get together. And they'd play cards. Again, pre-kids, you know, with right. their best friends. Pre-Netflix. Right. They played bridge. They played any number of games. What about, did they bowl? Uh, my dad and uh, one of my uncles bowled. Yeah. But to this day, my sisters still play cards. And me, I missed all that. I don't know cards like my sisters. You don't sisters. like cards. Well, because I don't know them. Well, my sisters yeah, know them. My wife knows your cards. Your wife is really oh, good at gosh. cards. Yeah. So there's no, there's no, uh, let me just say, there's no point in you ever playing no, cards no, with your wife. Yeah. Because she'd smoke you without even without trying. Without a doubt. Without trying. Yeah. No doubt about that. Yeah. Anyway, family history, the root of that's all really things, good. 20 questions. You know, how about I put that up too? Okay, that's On good. social media. Because that would be a fun thing for maybe people to, to take print out and take with them to Thanksgiving. I like it. All right. Coming up next, how do our picks from Friday turn out? We talked about the pit game. The Pens game and last night's Steeler debacle. Yeah. We'll revisit that and see where we are. Chrissy, Kath, and I. All right. More of the Floyd and Kathy show <laughs> coming up. Should I refinance or should I just ignore all these annoying commercials? Here's Uncle Ryan. I think of one friend in particular. He refinanced maybe three or four years ago. He got a very good interest rate at the time. And he's like, should I do it again? I don't want to be bothered with the hassle. And I looked into it. He originally, three or four years ago, did a 30-year loan. And with rates coming down over the last couple of years, we actually ended up putting him into a 20-year term. He cut about six or seven years off his mortgage. And his payments stayed identical. Over the long haul, he's saving tens of thousands of dollars. And is it worth it? The answer is every single situation is different. So it's definitely worth it to look into, even if you have refinanced recently. Not only that, it might only take you personally an hour or two worth of work throughout the entire process. And we handle everything else. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. We all know health care costs are through the roof, but having insurance to back you up in uncertain times provides a sense of security to us, right? I'm Kathy Emmons, and about a year ago, I lost my sense of security when I lost my health insurance. It was a sudden thing, a COVID-era adjustment they had to make, my husband's employer said. But all of a sudden, after decades of being covered by the same people, I was on my own. But it turns out, not on my own. 
You know I've advertised for Todd Marley at Marley Financial for years now. I've loved the sound of what they offer to individuals and small businesses, but all at once I had to depend on them for my own health insurance. And wow, have they come through. From Todd, who took the time to explain all the options, to Carrie, who has walked through literally every bit of paperwork I've had, Marley Financial has been there for me. So if you're looking for a group of people who will be there for you, think Marley Financial. Find them online, marleyfg.com or at 724-884-1496. Embrace the chill at Laurelville Retreat Center, where groups of every size have come for over 75 years to refresh, reconnect, and renew amid 600 glorious acres of hiking trails, outdoor recreation, and spectacular views of the Laurel Highlands. Experience Laurelville's signature Christian hospitality, from dorm-style cabins and cottages to hotel-style lodging able to accommodate up to 400, just 30 minutes from Hidden Valley and Seven Springs. Retreat your way at laurelville.org. Are you interested in helping people with addiction? Do you want to help others through private practice counseling? Waynesburg University offers a 100% online Master of Arts in Counseling degree, as well as a PhD in Counselor Education and Supervision. Visit waynesburg.edu bags under your eyes that's junk sleep and mattress firm can help shop the black friday sale and save up to five hundred dollars on top rated brands you'll love like sleepies plus pair the mattress of your dreams with a free adjustable base with qualifying purchase so each friday john and christy and i make our picks uh hometown teams for the weekend and uh and something really upsetting's happened. I just want to just come right out and say that. I feel good about it, whatever that is, because I think I might know. Yeah. I was, I was kind of smiling last night. Yeah, yeah. So if you would ask, probably, which one of us knows more about sports? I'll be you. Why is that not translating into this game that we're playing? Why? I tell you, John, you have leaped forward. Thank leapt. You. You've leapt. You've leaped? Leapt. I think it's probably either way. You've leaped, John. Jack and you're now nimble. tied for the lead with Christy. Good. And I'm lagging behind. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for me to take, and yet it is what it is. So um, for the pit game, a pit played a Virginia on Saturday. That was a great game. And uh, not only – so the actual score was 48-38. And uh, not only – we all picked the winner because yeah. we all picked pit, but you uh, picked the closest. Did I? You picked 38-28. Okay. And so you got two points out of that. Excellent. Which was frustrating. And then when it came time for the Pens and the Leafs, Christy and I, Christy, you know, is Miss Hockey. I know she is. And the Leafs are a really good team. Uh-huh. So why would we not pick the Pens to lose that game? I don't know. We knew more, and we both chose uh, that the Pens would lose. Uh-huh. And you, being a homer, just picked the Pens, and somehow they One. won they two won. zip. Yep. And so you got another point out of that. Fabulous. And I got yeah, nothing. Yeah, 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 good. Christy got nothing. And then it came time for last night's game, and we all knew we could. The writing was on the wall that the Steelers weren't coming I out with a W. I felt bad not, not choosing yeah, to pick the Steelers. I didn't really. I did. No, because I've. Suffered. I never do that. I always want to go. Let's go. Be a homie, right? Yeah. So uh, the final score last night was forty-one thirty-seven, and I can't believe that either of those teams scored that many points. I can't either. I just cannot believe it. Anyway, I th- I thought it'd be twenty one twenty Chargers. You thought it'd be twenty nine seven. Boy, you really stink. Well, I was really hoping for the <laughs> go Steelers. So you were thirty points off. Yeah. Anyway, so we each got a point for picking the right winner, but Christy was closest, okay. uh, so she got two points out of that. So uh, overall, you guys are tied for the lead. Good. Okay. As and it should be. I am mm. falling into obscurity. Yep. Now, how about the weird thing? You know, when you're watching sports now, this is so that everything is about the betting. 
I hate that. What is that? That's like changed the landscape of, of watching of the sports. Because if you're a kid growing up, instead of you like rooting for your team, you're rooting for the point spread. Right? Or you're rooting for your fantasy football. And it's like. It's that, ripped the fun out of I it. I think so. I mean, for crying. Yeah, I really, it really has. I it's think changed it's really the nature sad. of sports. It's human nature, isn't it, to look at a game like football that is that exciting and decide it's not exciting enough. Right. And then and you so have we, to add have, we have to add something to it. Layers of money to it. Yeah. And then if we add layers of money to it, that'll make it exciting. I have no connection to that whatsoever. I don't you know? want any connection no, to that. No, Because do I. I, I don't trust myself I told you anything I, like that. Years ago, I bartended with a guy, um, and oftentimes we'd bartend together on a Sunday, and he was into sports betting. You know, he was a New York Giants fan, of all things. So there you are in Manhattan. And right now he's in despair. Oh, you're working, you know, a bar, and you're busy, and he's not even paying attention to what's going on in front of him. He's worried about his losing his money. And, of course, he lost more often than he won. Of he did. Which, of course, you know, and then he was... M- Horribly miserable because of that, so he was even worse of a worker. Anyway, there's my bias. I shouldn't come any. I shouldn't come anywhere close to gambling, John. Uh, Why? Just because. I just. That's. I don't want to get into that. No, please don't. Hey, thanks for being with us. Podcast is up and running. Sure is. Look for us uh, on Facebook, Facebook, Twitter, you name it. We're out there, and we've got stuff to post as well. Check that out. Have a great night, Pittsburgh. The ride home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.